Get it ready. ready. Peace to the planet. Peace to... That was good. You threw me off. That's good. Peace to the planet. The whole planet. Not just America. I mean... I mean, America The whole first. planet. That's, you know... Yeah. We live here. That makes sense first. Peace to the planet. America second. Peace to the planet. Illinois third. Break it down. Champagne. To the pain. County. Fourth. <laughs> we are live we from are Champagne, live, Illinois. This is Black Coffee. Black Coffee. No sugar, no cream. Podcast. No sugar, no cream. K and O W got to know sugar. That's right. You got to no know cream. That's right. That's beautiful. And I am Kenneth Jinx. You need to at no ads. at Kenneth Jinx on right. yeah. Twitter, Instagram, and Ken Jinx on Facebook. Okay, I'm Brother Timothy. I'm Florida Roof on LinkedIn. Okay. I got I got a LinkedIn thing. Oh yeah, and I got a Facebook. I'm coming out scratching, man. I'm telling yeah. you, my um, my social, I guess social presence. Because you know when you uh, apply for I guess a business loan, they want to know what kind of like social presence. They look really? at your Facebook thing, man. Really? They look at they. I mean, they want to know where you are. Right, and so I change, and like like we've discussed on many of occasions, mm-hmm. I change my <laughs> Facebook name. Yeah. Because I know that they, mm-hmm. and so if if you, you gonna if, make me look now. So if you, uh, I ain't gonna say what you used to be. Right. So yeah. So if you, uh, so now you at what? I'm at, Ken Jinx on see Facebook. There? You at grown up, my man. But um, let's just say you you having a, a a bad month or something. Okay. And you just out of control. You your posts are a little inappropriate. My you don't my. want them to see that. You don't want you to see that, right? So as I as I mature, it's it's that's good. I man. don't really feel like I post anything that is. I'm just maybe sports, mm-hmm. some Kanye West uh, videos, but other than that, the podcast. That's good. So so I tag you. So yeah, I definitely. Tag you, you do good. Yeah, I'm it. <laughs> I and think you, you do a good it, job. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> You know the good stuff, man. When, you, when when we realize we everything we do has some type of a footprint or yeah. leaves some type of ripple. I mean, if your children found it, is it okay? And if it's cool, it's cool. Right. If somebody yeah. you cared about found it, some you know your boss, your supervisor, your coworkers, if they found it, is that okay? If it's okay with you, it, Let it ride. It should be okay with them because we've right. sent it. We we should have some kind of filter, you know, yeah. some kind of filter where. Something we may shouldn't do, right. you know, because I was I was debating on whether or not I was gonna wear my you know my black and these outfit, and I'm like, ah, oh, this I got the red, the black, and the green. I'm like, this ain't green, it's yellow. It's yellow. I got to combat the coronavirus. I got to do everything I can. <laughs> so I looked at the at the uh uh, uh the, shit. I looked at some <laughs> Tony Odom and Tony Odom said. 
Hey, you, you wear what you want to wear. Right. And he, I think he had on some green shoes and some some, some oh, yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he said, hey, man, wear what you want to wear. You know, yeah, I'm like, that. you know what, Tony, man? Peace to you, man. That's Shout out to Tony Odom, man. Yeah, T.O. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We have a, uh, we don't have a relationship, but we cool. Yeah. That's a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you, you know, know. I like him. With him, without him. Yeah. You know, with with him, without him. <clears throat> Yeah, so episode 66. 66, wow. Black Coffee, No Black Sugar, coffee, no, no, sugar cream no Cream Podcast. We Black own and popping. No we are back. This is going to be a special episode for me. Okay. And uh, we're going to get right into it. Um, well, before we get into it, mm-hmm. uh, how have you been? Man, I've been wonderful. I've been super wonderful. Things are going good. Uh, family's going, family's good, life is good, health is good, finance is good, I'm saying spiritually, mentally, physically, economically, social. I'm learning more about the social thing, you know, mm-hmm. we were talking about. So just learn how to balance things out. How about you? I'm doing good myself. Uh, just, just really just trying to, I, I have been kind of disconnected from the family. Okay. Uh, going to therapy, I think. I can identify that. Mm-hmm. Uh, been hustling, been grinding. That's good. Uh, you know, definitely been pied. You know, getting thing, getting out the house a, a week for you know once a once a week for this. So that's good. Uh, really been watching, trying to watch a lot of, just kind of trying to really enjoy myself, take care of myself. That's good. Uh, so I, I definitely. No one identified that I, I need to fall back in line with the family, but that's good. Uh, man. That's good. Everybody, everybody's doing good. Um, I am there. It's not like I'm like out of the house or something, but I am mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So and you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta make the donut. Yeah, you gotta, you know, gotta make you know, the donuts. Yeah. So that's very valuable. But, but we 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 are doing well. That's good. Sunday. Uh, so I know you saw the pictures of the fence. So Sunday was actually a good, uh, a, a nice day. Uh-huh. So we actually Uh-oh. stood the fence up and it didn't stand up. So therefore we had to. Lay it back down? No, we ended up like taking it kind of apart, disassembling a little Why? bit of it. Because we just couldn't lay it down. It's snowing and. Oh, okay. But I got pictures. I got you. I got you. You know, you could put fresh posts in the ground, stand that fence up, and screw it in, and it'll last 40 years. Okay, well, now that you're back. I ain't back. Nope. I'm practicing. Nope. And, and the weather is, <clears throat> nope. and, and when, when the weather breaks. It's cold it's, out there, man. It's almost Ooh, March. It's cold. It's almost March. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> you can get on over there and let us know how, <laughs> how much you can stand, how much you charge to stand and post up. Yes, sir. It's it's really easy. Yeah, I know. It's just yeah, and and yeah. and the old fence. Mm-hmm. So it sh- it should really be easy. So your labor should should not be much on a few of them. Y'all hear that? That's me good. Actually, that's I'm practicing. Listen, that, that's right. Always, man. We go we negotiating all the time. Yes, sir. You're right, man. You exactly right. Yeah. So and ain't, ain't gonna charge you much or nothing. Plus, I got some you know free labor. I bring some of them little young guys over to see if they can dig some holes. Okay. Hey. I got to charge it, but, you know, it's free, 
for something. sure. For it'll make, sure, it'll make you feel better. Yeah, we, good fences make good neighbors, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We mind our business and stay out of theirs. That's right. That fence, man. So. It's a line of demarcation to tell you this is this. That's fine. But yeah. what's our lineup? What do we have? This is good now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So th- this one, this one's gonna be special for me, mm-hmm. and the reason why it's gonna be special for me is because. We're going to touch on something that's near and dear to you. Yes, sir. And uh, as long as we're doing the podcast, you know, this this episode, this, what would this be, fourth week of February? Mm-hmm. Uh, Is it? Coming off of the third Sunday in February. Yes, sir. Um, the goal will be to get in here and recap... Savior's Day. Yes, sir. That's good. Nation of Islam. Yes, sir. Savior's Day. That's right. So, I will confess. Go ahead, confession. Because I did say Sunday. Let me put a little screen up here so you. Was a nice day. Yes, sir. Champagne. Yes, sir. So we, I, the family took advantage of that day and Mm -hmm. did some things in the yard before this cold and snow came. Mm -hmm. So my confession is. (laughs) <laughs> I did not uh, watch live mm-hmm. the three hour and 44 minute. God, you make it sound like that. You're like <laughs> dragging it all the way out like a like Wakanda Three hour and 44 minute uh, <laughs> keynote speech of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, sir. He spoke for three, and four, three hours and 45 minutes? Oh, uh, the program. The program was three hours and 45 minutes. I would say the no, the program was longer than that. <laughs> yeah, the program was longer than that. Yes, sir. I enjoyed it. I, did, so, did you see some of it? I saw two hours and 44 minutes. That's good. About 2.45. That's a movie. And uh, heard some snippets mm-hmm. of highlights. I'll call them highlights. They, they, you know, yes, highlights sir. of... Some of the other topics he broached. Yes, sir. You, you hear the part where he talked about his grandson? I love that part. That's a good... You hear, you hear the you, part about and Kobe? I hope I, you I, thought I, about I, me. I did, man. I'm telling you. I hope you thought I about did, me. Th- and I was going to ask you some questions about that. Go ahead. I, I, because, I, I did hear that part. Because what, what I wanted to do was we'll talk about that part. And then he... Man, he he, he dedicated the last part to Kobe. I saw and that. And that, was a, you, that yes. was a very, very good part as well. I because saw that. Some of the things, you know, it, it made a lot of sense, you know, how it out all ties Honestly, in together. Before we, before we go forward, I, 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 I was, I mean, of course, I'm just, I'm tooting my own horn <laughs> and, and just living in a fantasy world. But I'm like, does the minister listen to our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the minister. <laughs> when you get a chance to listen to it, let us know how we doing over I'm here. I'm like, man, man. <laughs> has Brother Timothy like shared this with him? <laughs> because, 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 and I'll say why. Well, well, well go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Nope, continue. Nope, you're on the roll here. Okay, because I, I, I did, so... Uh, the first what two hours and forty five, you know that he didn't touch on uh, the Kobe Gale, Bill mm-hmm, Cosby, some mm-hmm. some of that stuff. He did talk about his his, his grandson. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the whole Kobe Gale thing, I, you kind of you all both of you all kind of shared the 
kind of the same view on the whole thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know what, which is really why I follow him, what he says and how he says it, because it's all based on truth. Right. And there's a broader perspective. You know, when you think about it, of course uh, Snoop is going to be upset. And you, you step on somebody's foot, and you, you know, say something about their mom or something like that, whatever it is that's close, you know, near and dear to them, you know, uh, you're going to, there will be a reaction. You're right. Right. So, and, and, you know, with that reaction, it's, I say it's good because it lets the other person know, you hit me. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody step on your foot. You may not say shucks or darn or heck or yikes. You right. know, you may not say that. You may come out with some more colorful metaphors. You might, mm-hmm. you know, go in. You might say some other four-letter word with some exclamation points on the end of it. You know, and it's appropriate at that time. Right. That will stick in that person's mind like, oh, damn, man, I ain't going to do that no more. Instead of, you know, you stepping all on them, walking in front of them, not saying excuse me or may I pass or, or my bad, something like that. It, it, it becomes an issue, and it'll let that person think that they can do that to you all the time. Right. So, you know, what Snoop said, this is me thinking, me, me talking for me, you know, I thought it was very appropriate what he said and how he said it. Because at the time, man, boom, this, you hit me, this is what you get. Like anything else, if you sit back for a little while, think about it, like, okay, fine. I meant what I said, but as I think about it now, cool down a little bit, a little puff, puff, pass, and relax a little bit. Could have said a little different because what he called her, like he said, he talked to his mom. Mm-hmm. And mom, like, baby, don't be doing that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> showing out in front of company. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You showing out in front of company. Mm-hmm. You call that lady and you tell her you saw. But mom, look, she tripped. What I tell you, what's his name? Snoop she probably, no, what's his name? What's the other name? Calvin Broder, yeah, she that's like his name. government. Yeah, she yeah. probably calling about his whole name. Calvin Earl Broder, you go call that lady <laughs> and you tell her you sorry. Even if you don't mean it, you better tell her I raised you better than that. And he's like, you know what? My bad. But no, 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 no. Leave it there. Leave it, leave it alone, Cal. So to bring everything full scope, she said what she said. Which was I thought it was very inappropriate, especially with the timing and such kind right, of stuff. And right. just like uh, Lisa Leather, she was like, "Look, you had all this time, all years, to bring this up if you really wanted to talk about it. How are you gonna bring this up now? Then the whole the whole world knows him, Kobe, more than they know Gail. Mm-hmm. Gail is really just famous for being Oprah's best friend. Yeah, and, and she's making a name for herself. Yeah, she is. But in her making a name for herself, she has to remember." This is all part of that making. Mm-hmm. You know, this is part of it. At some point in time, you can't blame those the people that you work for because you could say you could you could say I ain't saying that. And 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 another reason why when I said does he listen to our podcast <laughs> because he was like yeah and Gail had the the thing with <laughs> who was that and I thought they was gonna say uh, Harvey Weinstein yeah. but then I guess some of the brothers and sisters R Kelly was yeah. like yeah R uh-huh. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, the realism in it, man, is we've been through enough, man. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, generally, yeah. But when I think about just black males, I'm a black male. Yes, sir. I'm a black man. Yes, so when sir. I think about me specifically, us specifically, man, 
It's more of us in prison than anybody else. It's more of us that's being, you know, charged with crimes, you know, uh, given a harsher sentence than anybody else. It, right. It's not what I feel, you know, not just what I think. It's statistically proven that. Right. You know, so here it is, a good family man. I mean, what about his long history of them being together and staying together and toughening out and not, 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 not bailing out of the relationship? What about the good part? Settle on the good part. And that's one of the things I love about, you know, the minister. He gives a beautiful, broad perspective, and he keep it principally. What's the principle? Would you want somebody to do that to you? All right. Come on now. So I enjoyed it. I'm glad you listened to that part. But what I wanted to say, I, and I'm telling you, I thought as soon, anything to do with sports or basketball or something like that, you <laughs> immediately come to mind because you know all about this stuff. So yeah. I'm like, he played with who? Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, and then I looked it up. Man, he played with this team, that team, this team, that team. They had him on for a month or two months and somebody else a month or two months. And I want to ask you, how does that work as far as – this all tied in together now. This is not separate. Right. This right. is all tied in together because sports plays a very significant role in our culture. I mean, Kobe is a basketball player, mm -hmm. but he's a businessman as well. So here it is. Uh, Brother Mustafa Farrakhan, Jr., mm -hmm. the grandson of the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. I did not know that he had a challenging time with these, you know, different teams and how this works for a month or two months. So I want to ask you, how how does that work? Because most people don't don't even understand how that works. As far as being on a team, you got a contract, you play for a while, somebody else pick you up, play for a while, go over here. You know, how political is it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when we had Sean, Sean Livingston on the, yes, you know, sir. via call yep, and yep. I asked him, mm -hmm. being on the inside, does, mm -hmm. is it all that it's cracked up to be? Mm -hmm. And he said the smiles don't align with the handshakes mm, and yes vice so. versa. Mm -hmm. wow. And that's really the thing that stuck out. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so, so just to give the listeners just history, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mustafa Farrakhan, the minister's grandson, mm -hmm. uh, was a, Kind of a late bloomer as a high schooler. Okay. Uh, was at a was at a high school, mm -hmm. uh, Creek Monee to be exact, I believe. Okay. Creek Monee. I know what that is. Creek. And he put it to the test. Mm -hmm. His junior year, he transferred to Thornton uh, Township mm -hmm. in Harvey. Okay. Very basketball rich tradition. Uh, going all the way back to the seventies, I believe, maybe even earlier. Wow. So it's a you know a great uh, great high school for basketball in the south suburbs of Chicago. Okay, uh, you know, grew sprouted was was kind of was kind of skinny. Mm -hmm. I, I, I say needed to get stronger, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but left hander could really score. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So and you remember this? Too. I watched him play a lot. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and I and I always like whenever I go to like a summer league game or AAU game. I, and it was probably too, I say, uh, not 
structured enough in the summer to mm-hmm. to bring out his grandfather. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like it just not that he couldn't go or, or his safety or mm-hmm. but it just you know it just wouldn't be kind of worth it for a guy, for the minister to mm-hmm. be at like okay. this type of now maybe games in the in the high school season mm-hmm. where you know it's really secure and okay. and okay you know you putting on that uniform the band playing the popcorn popping mm-hmm. but uh but I did always like, will the minister show up? Will the minister show mm-hmm. up? You know, so, uh, but he was right. You know, he he, he came out the same year as Derrick Rose. That was 2007. Okay. Um, uh, had a, if, if I recall correctly, had a, had a decent recruitment as far as schools that were after, that was after him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he went to Virginia. And I didn't know, but I think the coach at the time I'm not sure if it was Dave Lato or uh, it had to be Dave Lato. Dave Lato is currently the head coach of DePaul right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Dave had so this is this is this is Dave in a nutshell. So Dave had had it going at DePaul as mm-hmm. a coach. Left DePaul, went to Virginia, uh, basically for the the pay increase. Mm-hmm. It probably. I didn't think it was a good decision because the ACC is where Duke and North Carolina and Georgia Tech, things like that. So, but anyway, Mustafa went to Virginia. I didn't really follow as close because it was Virginia. And, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a concede to the minister. Mm hmm. And say when Tony Bennett, who's still currently there in Virginia, just won the championship mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. So I would probably concede that the minister know what he's talking about. That, you know, when Tony Bennett got there, Mustafa, you know, did his thing because I do believe coming out of college, he was a fringe NBA type. Uh, so meaning right opportunity, right situation, mm-hmm. right fit, mm-hmm. it could possibly, you know, work for him. Okay. So, you know, that grind, you know, like that that NBA grind that, mm-hmm. you know, what are you willing to do? You willing mm-hmm. to go to the D-League, you know, where they mm-hmm. don't fly first class, where they mm-hmm. don't have private jets, where you stay. They get paid. Yeah, they get paid, but probably when he was coming out, Mm -hmm. probably maybe at the most between nineteen and twenty five thousand a year. Okay, so uh, you just really trying to get a ten day, a ten day pay you about fifty grand over the ten days. What? Yeah, ten day contract. So pay how much? Fifty grand for like ten days. Not bad. Yeah. Wow. But it's not guaranteed. Yeah. Anytime within the 10 days, they could let you go. So it's mm-hmm. probably prorated. Okay. But yeah. if okay. you, okay. But if you, uh, last the 10 days, you, you, know, you know, get about 50 grand. Of course, you got to mm-hmm. pay Uncle Sam and all that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay. but it's just a grind. It's just a grind. Mm-hmm. You, you, you trying to, 
be seen in front of the right people, get yourself in, in, mm-hmm. in the right fit. And like the minister said, it's just his last name, the, the, the polit, not only his last name, but the po- politics, yeah. the, the, just the fit, the pot, the, the, you know, hmm. who owns, just, who owns these teams? The D league teams. I mean, who owns the NBA teams, The NBA teams, like, I mean, names. Michael who? Jordan is the only black majority owner, meaning he owns 51% or more of, whom? of the Bobcats. I mean, not the Bobcats, the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Who else owns the team? Uh, I want to say uh, Jerry Reinsdorf owns the Bulls. He's, okay. He also Reinsdorf, owns, he, he owned them for a long time. Yeah, so he's with the... Reinsdorf, okay. So he also owns the White Sox, so, you know, he he, he paid. Who else? It's just I'm trying uh, to filter the names. G- uh, Jeannie Buss, her dad owned the Lakers. Okay. Um, Who owned the Clippers? Uh, I forget his name. The Golden uh, State Warriors. Golden State. Uh, I want to say... You know what? I don't know who owns. I don't know him by name. Okay. Uh, but they they a lot of these teams have ownership groups. Okay, this but, old money. Yeah, probably old money. Golden State probably got a lot of tech people that you know own two, four, six, mm-hmm. ten, mm-hmm. and then most of them do have a majority owner. Dan Gilbert owns the Cla- the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's over Quicken. Uh. Quick and long? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I got you. That kind of uh, gave me a little perspective. Th- basically, I, the guy that is doing all the, uh, um, what's his name, uh, for Meek Mill, all the the uh, criminal reform for for Meek Mill. He owns the Sixers, so Ooh. he's, I uh, forget his name. Okay. Uh, what about Master P? Ain't he got a team? Master P does not have a team. <laughs> Uh, okay, I thought he did. What about Baller Brand? He ain't got no team. No, they don't. I mean, they getting money, but mm-hmm. they not getting money, money. NBA ownership type money. That they they can probably put in like Usher, the singer Usher has mm-hmm. a small stake in Cleveland. Nelly has a small stake with Charlotte Hornets. Serena, I think, has a small stake with Charlotte or somebody. Okay, so. <laughs> you know, okay. compared to these majority owners, mm-hmm. you know, they letting people with a little small money, you know, get their little 2% or something like that. Gotcha. But 2% in a team is worth a billion, you know. It adds up pretty quick. It could add up, especially gotcha. if the value of the franchises continue to rise. Okay. That was good information. So, and it's still part of our Black History Month. It's all tied yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So what, tomorrow... Yeah, so we have a few more days left in Black History Month. Black History know. Month. It used to be Black History Week. It used to be Black History yeah, Day. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, yeah, that that was, you know, and then in the video they showed his face, and then he was there. Yeah. So then they put He always there. Yeah. yeah. I, I looked for you, you know. I, I didn't know if you You didn't see were, me? No. Were you in the main room or over one of the overflows? I you refused to answer on the okay, ground. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't found you yet. Like I said, keep I still looking, man. Keep looking. Okay, I'm gonna keep looking. Yeah, keep looking. You know, so, but uh, yeah, but yeah, that was a, that was that was that was a cool story. You know, yes, and, and it was inspirational because mm-hmm. he, he just, you know, it was just like man, you know, it, it's 
Well, this this battle ain't given to the what is yeah, it? The swift, the, the strong, yeah. with the one that endured to the end. Yeah, you know, you so know? so it's gonna be a fight to do anything, man. But you got to, I mean, how much are you willing to fight to get it? Right. And you know, I, when I was listening to it, it was amazing to me because I could, I felt it. I I can feel it because, you know, it's not just, you know, he's standing up, you know, for black man this and black man that and you know oppressed people. He's saying. This is also his grandson, mm-hmm. you know, and then for his grandson to have to go through things because, you know, of his name, you know, and I know he felt that. Right. You know, both of them, he felt it like, man, that's my, you know, and then the minister asked a wonderful question. Why? Because I, because I speak the truth. Right. He said, you can't think, you can't name nothing that I lied about. That's one of the things I love about him. He said, you, you know, you may not like him. You may not like what you hear or this, but and even, even those who say he this and he that and all this other mm-hmm. kind of stuff, they never, ever, ever said he lied about nothing, right. ever. As long as he's been speaking, they've never said he lied about one thing. I hear people sometimes say, uh, you know, I don't agree with everything Farrakhan says. And then I ask him a question like, you can't name one thing you disagree with, and they usually can't come up with nothing. Right. It's just like a rehearsed answer, you know. Oh, man, you could think for yourself. I am thinking for myself. You didn't ask me that before I started listening to this or before I started studying this, you know, when I was smoking weed and drinking and having a real good time. You know, it was like, cool. And then, you know, when I decided to, you know, live a better quality of life, they're like, what's wrong with you? And that's why That's why. when I said this, this was an important <laughs> show because I feel like I've been there or been around Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole transition, didn't the you? whole transition. Brother Kenny, hey, look, they right here. Yeah, yeah. Brother Kenny knew me before I was. My goodness, you knew me before I. Was. I met you in like '93 or '94, something like that, somewhere along in there. You did, yeah, in 90, about '94. Wow, we ain't gonna tell everything, but wow. So before, so you know what? That's good because you know me before. During and then you've watched the whole, you know, right. up until now, just how things have played out. Right. And you've seen, well, you know, I mean, you've seen some transitions from, you know, where I was to, right. you know, where I am now. And, you know, you, you know, a big part of helping me to grow and transition past certain things, you know. So this is fitting as if we're here right now talking about that Black History Month and dealing with, you know, trust issues and brothers trusting each other and mm-hmm. just, uh, just the whole thing. So, 1993? Wow. 93. Yep. Because she knew the Air Force Base closed in 92, 93, something like that. Man, you knew me when I first got that. That's when I got to Champagne. Where? I, I cut your hair on where? Uh, Valley Road. You knew me on Valley Road, 1703 A Valley Road. <laughs> well, you ain't there no more, but I don't care about that. Yeah, <laughs> going over there, 1703 Valley Road, about a custard cup. <laughs> wow, I cut your hair over there? Yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yep, I rented that place over there. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? That's right, because I got that place. Yeah. Yep, that's right. That's enough of that. But yeah, yeah let's move along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So other highlights of Savior's Day for you. One of the highlights of Savior's Day for me was 
one thing we like to travel. That's I mean to, to get away and the travels in Detroit. Yeah, to get away to travel, just to do something different. You know, it's exciting to you know just just to travel and see other things and just experience other things. You know, my daughter she's on the drill team. Right. So, man, and my my son Saladin he's on the drill team. Okay. So. The, the drilling, man, the practice, the rehearsals, the drill. I mean, you're talking, man, three, four, sometimes five days a week. And we, we, live, in here, we live here. Right. So this been going on for months, like four, five, six months. Wow. Leading up to a three-minute event. They have three minutes to perform. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, you know, so, man, the, I mean, the whole thing, the driving and the hotels and the food and, uh, man, the extra clothes, all these, these things are necessary. You got yeah. these things are just part. This is all part of it. It's all part of the experience. So on the night when it's time for the competition, you know, I'm watching, you know, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad she's there. That's the main thing, but they ain't going for that. I'm glad you're there stuff. They're they not going they for it. Yeah. They want to win. Right. And not just win. They want to beat somebody. You know, I'm always pushing for that. Yeah, it's be an exhibition. You just go out there and show what you got. They're like, no. It's a competition. So it's a drill competition. So one of the highlights for me in Savior's Day is definitely the drill competition because it shows the hard-earned uh, end result of, well, it's the end result of all the hard work they put into it. So I'm looking, I'm looking, you know, I've seen, I hadn't seen the routine because they won't let me go in there and look at the routine while they're practicing. So when I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, wow, that is tight. And after it was over with, I'm like, boom, you know what? Y'all won. No matter what, you won. First, second, third, honorable mention, glad you showed up, you won. So all of them did good. But it's my daughter, so I'm like, they, they did, you know, they number one type situation, but just one nation, all working together. But they, I thought they did a phenomenal job. And then uh, then the last day, you know, when all the Lewis Farrakhan spoke. It's always a joy to see him, man, because no matter what's going on, he's going to try and strive hard to come and deliver the message. And the, the, the beauty of the message is it really helps me to get focused and get back focused on what I'm supposed to be doing. So when he's speaking to us, you know, you know, black, brown, red, yellow, you know, poor white people, you know, it gives me instructions on how and where to go because I've seen where I've taken me. It just didn't work out real well. You know, I, I, I didn't do a very good job in my ignorance of guiding myself back in, you know, the eighties and the nineties, I just didn't do a very good job. So as I look now and the guidance that I get and have gotten, I can see the significant improvement in my life. That's how I know it works for me. Success is me looking at, okay, this is where I was. This is where I am. And this is where I want to go. So I make it a point to go to savior's day because in savior's day, well, first of all, people don't know what savior's day is. What's the purpose of savior's day? Why do you call it savior's day? You know, what is it? Uh, here we are, black folks in America. The majority of us are waiting on Jesus to come back. We're waiting on the ship to come in or something. We're waiting on something to happen that's going to change our lives and make it better. 
through the oppressions and the rapes and the robbers and the changing the name and the religion and the culture and us being black but having an English name, an Irish name, a European name, all these different things. You know, we don't even think about it sometimes until somebody brings it up. Well, we can't live like that forever. We can't be the uh, subclass of somebody else forever. It, it just cannot last forever. It just doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like a Chinese person carrying a Jap uh, Japanese name for generations, 400 years, and never wanting to know their rich, you know, Chinese history. You know, what is it about us that we don't care much about knowing where we were before we came here? Because we've been here so long and been doing this so long until, you know, this is all we know. You know, where most, you know, most of the people in other countries, they speak two, three, four languages. They know they rich history for hundreds or a thousand years. All we know is, you know, we came here for the years beyond that. We don't know. We're taking, you know, blood tests and Ancestry.com and stuff. They could, you know, send us whatever they want, but we all kind of mixed in together. So as any free people want land to govern themselves, we want the same thing. We want the same thing. We know that we would not have a huge prison population if we had, you know, uh, own people to, you know, lead, teach, and guide, and train our own people. How do I know that? Because, I mean, the United States of America spends more money on prisons than they do education. They'll spend thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to house one person. And you got two people in the cell the size of a bathroom, a six by nine or eight by ten or whatever. So that's like a hundred thousand dollars a year on real estate in the smallest little bitty, you know, cell. So if it's like prime real estate, but you don't get a lot for it. You lock down twenty three hours a day. That's inhumane. So when we think about that, will we continue to live, you know, this kind of life? And then these are the fathers, you know, who's left children to, you know, be raised by the state, somebody else, you know, just the female. So there's no strong dominant male presence. And not having that, then where does that lead the boy who does not have a father to look up to in a natural state? You see what I'm saying? When mm -hmm. you look at, well, I'll say, when you look at other cultures, they thrive and they survive because they have a rich family culture. Rich family, they care about each other culturally as a family. When you look at, you know, Hispanics, Latinos, Puerto Ricans, you look at different Asians, they will band together even though they may not know each other. They'll recognize something within themselves. It could be a language or certain customs or something like that. And they will band together based on that, opposed to you speak to somebody and they ask you, like, do you know me? I don't know you. Who, hey, who are you supposed to be, Joe? 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 Come on, man. <laughs> So, I mean, I know that sounds a little silly. No, man, that's that's Chicago lingo. So man. When, yeah, when, when, when you when you look at it like that, and it shows we don't know who we are, let alone knowing somebody else. So even with our children, they can't wait to leave home so they can get their own this, their own that, their own this. So it really scatters and divides, you know, the family fortune or the resources in that family. So you know, say you got five children, four children. Well, as soon as they get old enough to leave, they want to go do their own thing. That's resources to leaving the house. Another one, one, two, three, four. He got an apartment, he got an apartment, she got an apartment, she got an apartment. Y'all got, got four different bills in the family. You got another bill, so you got five, five utility bills, electric, gas, water, rent, mortgage. It's scattered. So not competing, but you're in an environment where this other family unit has five people working, all the resources coming in, but they only have one mortgage, one electric bill, one light bill, one gas bill, see, one cable bill. So, when it, you know, real estate comes up. 
You see, a house you're going to get so you can expand. Well, those who are scattered, they barely making it by themselves because you're going to do your own thing. You're going to be making minimum wage or maybe a little bit more than that. So how can you have survivability and legacy and carry on and on and on if you're apart from everybody else? It goes against the laws of nature. Monkeys got more sense. Hyenas got more sense. Bears got more sense. Birds got more sense. So when we look at that and what has happened to us, who needs a savior more than us? Yeah. If we only look at champagne. Let's do it. If we only look at champagne. And I listen to some of the things we say about what we need to do and we need to do. It's amazing. I, I haven't done a, you know, any stats on it, but I'm wondering, man, how is that every time we start talking about doing something, we start talking about a 401k or getting a grant or getting somebody to fund this for <laughs> us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, we start talking about our children, what they need, what they're not getting. We need to come together and do let, let's do something about it. Okay, let's come out of our pockets and build something that we can control ourselves. You know, I'm gonna get a grant. Okay, then who then what? It's a nonprofit. It means you cannot grow, you cannot expand. You don't you don't even have a, you know, uh autonomous say so in what you're gonna do and how you gonna do it. You sure don't. Believe me, I know. You know, so Savior's Day. Who needs a Savior more than us? It's a few people that's doing pretty good here, you know. I say pretty good. I mean, but for the most part, most, and I think about locally, people living from check to check. Just one check, maybe two or three checks away from not having nothing. If they lost their chief source of income, and these, these are things we have to keep in mind because it can happen. We don't think it will. Get, we get comfortable. If you lose your source of income for whatever reason, somebody can say you did something that you know you didn't do. You get fired. You get downsized. Nobody likes to think like that, but let's just be honest. It could possibly happen. Downsized. They don't need you anymore. They find somebody going to work for half and half the benefits, you know, and, you know, work at home. They're going you know, to be teleworking, and they don't need you no more. Okay, let's say that happens. And you're out. Or they say you did something that you know you didn't do. And you lose your, your little pension. You lose all these different things. Where would you be in three months without those resources coming in? Because they found a clever way to say, well, since you got fired under these conditions, you don't get work with comp. You don't get your pension. You don't get these different things. So we're going to call security. We're going to escort you out. All right. You, you work over here in the uh, city building doing permits or whatever. You can't work here anymore. You got to go. Here's a pink slip. What do you have saved? That's going to sustain you until you get another job doing something else. So, I mean, where does that leave us? I say that because we have to have the requisite resource to make sure we're going to be okay. We don't think along those lines because we don't take life serious enough. So who needs a savior more than us? And we as responsible men, we have to make sure everything is taken care of. So we have to learn to say no, like no, no. Well, it doesn't tie in with the with with the plan here. Our plan is to make sure we're not out there trying to figure out what we're gonna do. But until we band together and pool resources to build something for ourselves, it's gonna continue to be like that. It's a strong, it's a strong uh, Asian presence over in, on, on the north end. You got more and more Chinese people coming over there. More and more white people coming through. They're jogging. They're riding bikes. They're coming in. So. Where is that going to push those who 
may not have uh, the income to support the thousand dollar a month rent because it's coming. It's prime land over here by Carl. They want that land. They want it. So they're going to come through. If we allow, if we're not strong enough to hang on to what we say we have, the, you know, then where does that leave us? We're already fragmented. So where do we go? You know, you know you're not going southwest. It's going to cost more to, it's going to cost more to stay there. So where do we go? We all pile up in Fair Oaks? <laughs> or do we go to where we know that the land is getting, you know, is, I mean, that the value is going lower and lower and lower? So who needs a savior more than us? You got people in this champagne for, you know, all their lives. The same uh, condition. That's a working title for tonight's episode. What's that? Who needs a savior more than us? That was good. I like that. Who needs working a savior? Working title more, number one. Yep. Who needs a savior more than us? We need save, We need to be saved from everything, man. I mean, just everything. If we want entertainment, we got to go to where somebody else done put something together. We go to a restaurant. If we get sick and go to the hospital. And then you find some people like, man, that's all y'all talk about, black, black, black. Guess what? Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, we're talking about this because it's deemed <laughs> Black History Month. But we black every day. Just because we love ourselves, that don't mean we against other people. Right. Man. Yeah, I mean, me loving me ain't got nothing to, nothing to do with me not liking you. I ain't gotta like you. When y'all have y'all meetings at wherever y'all go, the golf clubs, or you know, wherever you go, the country club, the country club, yeah. you know, and you don't invite me, that's fine. But don't come trying to figure out what I'm talking about. Right. Ain't about thinking about you. So, I love being in the nation of Islam. I love it. You know, he talked about Christianity and I love when he talked about Jesus because I grew up on Jesus. I got Jesus. Turn it over to the Lord and he'll work it out. <laughs> so every time saviors they come around, man, I, uh, I enjoy it because I get to see brothers and sisters who think to a degree the same way I think. We want the same kind of future. We want a, we, we, we want a freedom, man. We want a free and independent freedom. That's what we want. And that's what we're going to get. So, since we, uh, who needs a savior more than us? We needed a savior. I mean, who, who can save us? All the people that tried to save us, you know, through all through the annals of history, different people. Who else going to help a black man but a black man? So, when you look at... Jesus of 2,000 years ago, he told us that someone was going to come. He said many things and I could tell you, but you couldn't bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will lead you into all things. So the powers that be have been expecting some human being to come help us, to remove us from their control. Now, who, I mean, who wouldn't want free labor? America was built on free labor. That's how America got this big head start, free labor. You know, here it is, you have a plantation. You don't have to pay anybody anything. You got hundreds and hundreds of workers. You ain't got to pay them nothing, nothing. They get sick, you ain't got to pay nothing. They can't sue you. They can't boycott. They can't strike. They're going to do what you say. So 
you completely own them like you do a phone or something like that. You can throw it away if you want to. You can, you know, smash your phone if you get mad. And what it, what the phone going to do? Nothing. You can shoot your phone. Ain't nothing going to... It's like you, in broad daylight in front of other phones. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, freaking... You know, ain't nobody going to say nothing. Right. Because you own completely this person, this other individual who you don't even consider a human being, you know? We just, man, we want our own, you know? I look forward to us having our own. But back to the Savior part. Many people have tried, man, to wake us up after having been gone to sleep or been asleep for so long. But Savior's Day is February 26th, and it commemorates the birth of Master Fraud Muhammad, who was born February 26, 1877. His father was one of the supreme or the supremes of scientists. He knew that we were here, but he knew as a black man he couldn't come over here to get us because, number one, white folks was looking for a messiah or somebody that would come to try to free us. They couldn't afford to have somebody come mess with their slave because that would interfere with their productivity, you know, and teach us who and what we were, and then we would just start working and everything would shut down for them. So he had to come up with a plan that would afford him the opportunity to get among us. He had to get past the borders of America. He also had to be able to get uh, into our hearts and minds without us rejecting him. We were taught to hate each other. First, to hate ourselves. If I hate me, I'll find something wrong with you. You'll find children all the time. Your big head self, your this, your that. Ask them to say something nice about each other. They will not find something. They'll find, I like your shoes. I like your shirt. I like the button on your shirt. But they won't find something to say, you know, nice about their personality or them as a, 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 a just a fellow brother or sister because that was taken from us. So... Uh, with the Willie Lynch letter, he made sure we were against each other, the old slave against the young slave, you know, the male against the female. They got this kind of hair, they got that kind of hair. You know, they live on a bigger plantation than you, so it's always fighting, always, you know, comparing, always competing. Mine better than you. Ain't, ain't either one of y'all ain't got nothing. You know, but we were just taught that. And it was, it, if it were two slaves who were considered to be friends with each other, you know, and the slave master, the overseer, supervisor, overseer, you know, he saw that. He'll make them fight to destroy the right, unity. Right, right. Yeah. And then they'll fight until one killed the other one. And then he'll parade the winner all the way around so everybody could see this is the winner. So everybody would have confidence in the winner. So what he would do, what they call book breaking, you time down and have sex with him in front of everybody to kill his spirit in front of everybody, show you don't look up to this man. How are you going to look up to him? Or beat him within an inch of his life. And then you know, pet him, break him. You know, so once you break a man in front of his woman and you, and she knows she's not going to get any protection, then she knows not to depend on him. She'll teach her children don't depend on him. So she's in a frozen independent state. So, it, you know, that being the case, she'll teach her girls don't depend on a man. And she'll teach her boys to be docile, to be soft, you know, to be don't make him mad. You know, and eventually teach a girl, you know, he going to, you're 11 years old, he going he gonna to have sex with you. This is what he like because it's the same thing he did to me. Don't, re- don't resist or he'll beat you up real bad. So just go ahead and do what he like, and then he'll leave you alone. So when you teach that to your girls and you teach that to your boys, 400 years later, 
300 years later, here we are. So who needs a savior more than us? You'll find we, we, I mean, we, we watch porno. We watch uh, anything that has to do with stuff that's stealing our mind from the stuff that we're trying to wrestle with, that kind of stuff. So we don't seek therapy like we should. So we've been taught not to get therapy. It's like a sign of weakness. So we don't get the help. We do need therapy. And wherever you can go to get the therapy, get the therapy. Get something that's going to help you with your thinking so you can be better to the people you're around. I seen something the other day. Mm -hmm. And it was somebody said, I go to therapy to deal with the people that refuse to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Say that again. Yeah. I go to therapy to deal with the people that refuse to go to therapy. Something Man, like that, that, yeah. that is so true. And wherever you go to get your therapy, we never have to justify it to anybody. Right. I go here, you know, yeah, I'm going there because you ain't got to do that. No. You know what you need. You know, you're investing in your own self. You know, some people talk to some dude in a little box with a little thing, you know, hey, I've done this. Now. You got to get it off of you. And if you can't talk to the people you're around, you got to find somebody you can talk to to get it up off of you. Otherwise, the people around you are going to suffer. And you just like, this is, hey, it's me. You don't take it or leave. I'm just keeping it 100. 100 what? 100% of what? Right. Okay, go ahead then with your little 100. You're 100 miles an hour going around that right. way. Right, right. But somebody had to come to teach us to have a better quality of life. So here it is, Master Muhammad's father. His name was Alfonso. Real, real dark, 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 dark black man. So he had to go and find a white wife. So he went into the Caucasus Mountains and found a white wife. So he taught her. And they, you know, the, the, the language is he cleaned her up. He helped her with her mind, helped her with her thinking, because they, you know, they come different worlds, different lifestyles. So he taught her. He married her, and then they had him. So He's light-complected. Looks like a white man. If you look up, look up Master Farad Muhammad. He looks like a white man. Yeah, he does. Look, I mean, yeah. And But his father sent him to all the wisest scientists on the earth, and he learned everything. He went to all the industrialized nations. He went all over the planet and learned. And he spoke, um, he could write 10 languages, and he spoke 16 languages. He even extracted the language of the birds, and this is not spooky. He can even extract the life of those who lived on Mars. He said all the habits, are, all the planets are inhabited. He said this. Now the scientists are bearing witness after he said this, way back in the 20s and 30s. They're bearing witness to what he said. You know, when somebody comes with a new idea, you're like, man, that's crazy. Why? Because you haven't heard it. You haven't heard it before, so now y'all are saying. You know, then he told us how the moon was blasted from the earth 66 trillion years ago. You know, and they're like, man, that's crazy. That don't make any sense. But then when the scientists say they went to the moon, they said they could smell gunpowder. They brought it back. It was gunpowder. So everything that he said was bearing witness. But the main thing, one of the main things I get out of it is he had to come looking like a white man. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have any respect for him. He would knock on the doors. He went to, in, in Detroit, Black Bottom, which is where, number one, uh, monsters in Detroit, Michigan, and he would sell silks, and he would introduce himself, and he would tell you know the sisters who came to the door about the rich culture, the rich history, and that's how you know it began right there in Black Bottom. So, there's more to that story, and I know we got yeah yeah, yeah. already an hour in, yeah. but 
that's just a little bit of how it got started. How the nation of Islam got started. You know, people are like, man, how are you a Muslim? What is that? Well, we were that before we came here. Even if you watch the movie Roots, you know, and Fiddler was telling uh, Kunta Kenta, he's like, what are you doing? You're going to get us killed. We don't pray to no, we don't pray to no Allah. We pray to Jesus. You're going to get us killed. And then Kunta said, oh, Allah, they have forgotten your name. So those who want to know more about our history, want to know more about our culture, want to know more about who we are and were before we came here, and we embrace that, you know, there's, a, there's some friction. Man, I don't want to hear that. Turn down for what? You know, I don't want for what? You know, y'all always talking about this. I always talking about that. We just saying accept your own man and be yourself. Why? We, have a, we will have a better quality of life. We want the same thing everybody else wants. We want to be treated with freedom, justice, and equality. And there's nothing wrong with it. Not just to get some job or something like that. We want our own land. We want our own stuff. Like right now, we begging somebody else, can y'all give us a gym? Can y'all give us a place where our children can go? How does that look in the eyes of our children? We're going to ask somebody else so they can help us. You know? Why can't we? Why, why, can we use? Uh, we need a building. Okay, let's buy a building. Then it goes back to let's pool our resources. Then we start thinking about the three or four people who know we got the money that can do it. They taking care of their family. And ain't nothing wrong with that. So the people who you are asked to help you, they helping themselves already. All this old nonprofit stuff. I don't. Let's against nature. <laughs> <laughs> No profit, no growth, no expansion. <laughs> right. If you put a, kernel, a little corn kernel in the ground, it's going to bring more than what you plant. You're going to start a business. It ain't even a business. You're going to start a, a non-profit. That means you can't make no money. You can't grow and you can't develop. You get, that's correct. That don't even make no damn sense. It goes against the law of nature. That's crazy. But that's how the nation got started. Next time we come together, I talk about how Master Rabbi Muhammad uh, met with and talked to the most honorable Muhammad, who had us, I mean, he was a drunk. Barely taking care of himself. He said time got so bad for him and his family, he was eating peanut holes. He had one dime in his pocket. His wife told him about a man that was teaching. And the most honorable Muhammad, who was Elijah Poole at the time, his grandfather was a preacher. He would listen to his grandfather. He actually put him in the pulpit as a little boy. And he knew one day he was going to preach, but he was going to preach something different. So when he went to go meet this man, and he was teaching, Master Muhammad was teaching, and then Most Honorable Muhammad, Elijah Poole at the time, he listened to him and he went up to, you know, accept. He said, I know who you are. And then he said, you know, who knows this besides yourself? You just, you know, keep that to yourself. Because they didn't recognize who he was. He actually was the Jesus that the whole world has been, you know, in, expecting for the last 2,000 years. Because he said he was going to come as a thief in the night. That means undetected. So he came as a thief in the night. Not that he was a thief, but as a thief in the night to teach us. So here we are being taught now. Something that we've never heard before. And there's opposition because it didn't come formally from the schools. So you'll find now some of the most successful people, you know, in our community didn't even finish college. Minister Farrakhan never finished. He never graduated from college. Malcolm X never graduated from college. He didn't go past to like 8th or 10th grade. Muhammad Ali didn't graduate from college. And these are people on the premier stage who we look up to and we consider to be stars. 
Speaking of Malcolm X. Yes, sir. Did you watch that on Netflix? I'm waiting on the next episode. I watched all of them more than once. These are episodes. Yeah, six of them. I know, but I'm waiting on the next. It's not over with. It's not over with for real? Listen, I'm waiting on the. Of course I watched it. I watched it many, many times. It's the sixth or the eighth episode or the tenth. I think it's six. How many it is, I'm waiting on the next season. Oh, so it's a new season. It's not the end of the story because Malcolm's still alive. It can't be. They gonna leave it there? No. So you watched? Okay, let's. You talking about Netflix? Netflix. Forrest Whitaker. No, it's a documentary. What? It's a documentary. What's the name of the documentary? Who killed Malcolm? Oh X? yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, in the end, when he went and found the guy, and the guy was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I watched that. That okay. was very good. That was, I thought that was okay. that one. I, 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 okay. I okay. Forrest Whitaker. Oh, you know okay. what? I, that was good. That was really, that really was good. Really good. Because it really shed, uh, it sh- actually shed a lot of light on, you know, some of the preconceived ideas we had from the movie Malcolm X. Because that's yeah. some people. That's all we knew was Malcolm X from the movie, and they made it look like the Nation of Islam killed Malcolm. You know, they didn't say that uh, in the Audubon uh, ballroom that the police were already there. They didn't right. mention that. They didn't say how the phone was out. The phone was tapped. They didn't say how. Um, the person who was actually giving him mouth to mouth was actually an informant. Yes, yes. And if somebody have a gunshot wound, you don't give them mouth to mouth. They can't breathe. You making sure his he, his job was to make sure that he was dead. Yeah. So when you think about all these different things, and the same person that was an infiltrator into the Nation of Islam was had also dismantled the Black Panthers. So here it is. They paying these guys in cash to go to these different organizations, or they have something on them. They'd be caught a case. They're like, oh, you're looking at thirty years, or Man, go join the Black Panther. Go join the Black Panthers, and you know, let us know what's going on. Or, man, we're gonna lock your mom up. We're gonna lock your daughter up. We're gonna lock your son up. So, you know, they put these different pressures on them. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, well, how could you even do that?" You know, let them threaten to lock your mom up. Let's see how see how good how how that go. Or they come to get your wife. Or they're like, "Look, we gonna, we taking your wife and one of your sons. We're gonna lock them up unless you do this." You, like, or do you say like, "Man, go on, take them." Or you're like, okay, what? What you right, want? Right, 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 right. So I'm not saying what we will or won't do, but when that situation comes up. But the thing is that uh, Talmadge Hare, I think it was, one of the brothers who said, he t- he said they, they weren't even, they weren't in on it. Right. They sealed the case. They went, this man spent, and you know, they spent two decades, man, some of them in prison for a crime that they did not even do. So it's good that the truth is evolving. That's not the whole truth. It's coming out right, more right, right, and right, more right, and right, more, right. you know. So, so many people had it locked in their mind that the nation of Islam killed Malcolm. Yeah. Without any proof, any fact, because when we have a shallow thinking or surface dwellers, all somebody do is just say something enough times, the next thing you know, you believe it without even any facts or nothing. You know, I had a brother in Sham- Urbana ask me, like, yeah, man, why y'all kill Malcolm? All the time. I said, nigga, I was, what, three years old when he died? <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, I think I used, I was three and not even born. I'm like, I, you know, I got to watch my language, you know, but it just came out like that. I'm like, oh, nigga, I was, I was a baby. I couldn't even talk. Right. talk. You talking about, y'all killed Malcolm. I said, shit, you killed him. He was like, no, I'm saying the nation killed him. Listen, you don't know nobody no nation killed nobody. 
You have never read the counterintelligence program of J. Edgar Hoover. You've never read Malcolm X's biology, uh, autobiography. You know, none of that. He's going on what you see on TV, man. You know, just like dating a French model. Some dude show up and say, bonjour, you're going to believe everything he say. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that it's coming out. But our people, we are not as ignorant as we used to be. Right. We're not as gullible as we used to be because the nation has proven itself to be an organization that transitions or changes, transforms people's lives. I think about me and the crazy stuff I used to do. And, the th- and, and as I, like I said, as I strive to live a righteous life, I got a personal relationship with God. I ain't got to tell nobody what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. This is a daily struggle in a crazy-ass world, man, trying to you know, do the right thing or do what I consider to be right. You know, when it's so easy to do otherwise, you know, you do the best you can and do better the next day. Yeah. But no, nation ain't, nation ain't kill no Malcolm X. That don't make no damn sense. No, but it, and, and so it, 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 a few things that stood out to me when I watched it was they even acknowledged that mm-hmm. Elijah Muhammad and Martin Luther King Jr., the feds, mm-hmm. pretty much they was one and two as far as how, how the feds had their phones tapped. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think what Malcolm, Malcolm really made the mistake mm. Is trying to he was in my opinion was trying to do too much, not not knowing and understanding that mm. the feds was under their nose the whole time. Yeah, that's what I got out of. That's my interpretation. That's a good interpretation because really, brother Kenny, that's that's a wonderful interpretation because. So honestly, and not to interrupt you, no, no, but go ahead. Elijah couldn't be like. Man, go kill them in California. You know, because then they'd have locked him up, man. Yeah. And then, you know, he trying to put two and two together, like yeah. what his son is saying, yeah, this and that. You know, but he trying to add two and two together after mm-hmm. he gets disqualified per se. Or they mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they disassociate mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I mean, that 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 was just and then now one thing I and we got to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he did get loose with his lips and, mm-hmm. and turn into a chatty patty, <laughs> you know, after yeah, everybody patty. turned on him, yeah, and he was talking about Elijah, you mm-hmm. know, fathering, mm-hmm. you know, multiple children. Mm-hmm. So was the teachings just so life changing, so powerful that? we look past that or does he need to be held accountable for that or what do do you, you know? Well, it's a good question. I mean, that's a real, real good question. You know, and I'll I'll say it like this, for for those who consider themselves to be Christians, we'll we'll look at it from that perspective because it's considered to be a Christian country. Let's let's look at it from that perspective. And then we'll look at, Then we look at it from a, a different, uh, from a Muslim perspective. Come on, yeah. But from a Christian's pers- perspective, we take a look at it. Uh, Abraham, Solomon, they had 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, right. 70, 80, 90, hundreds of wives. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's look at it from that perspective. And then we'll talk about how it's so easy for us to, have, to, to uh, put other people so above us 
we always want to put ourselves in such a low, subservient position, like we don't deserve certain things. If you look at Noah, you know, at, before the, the flood, we're just going back thousands of years, just, and then we're bringing up real quick. You look at Noah, his sons, they had this big flood, and they went to a different, and supposedly wasn't nobody, everybody was killed but just his sons. Okay, come on. Then where did y'all go? Who, who did y'all cohabit with? After the flood, there wasn't nobody there but Noah, his sons, and daughters. So, and a bunch of animals. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so who were they with? How is it in the Bible that, well, well first let me say this. Minister Farrakhan said, look, one wife, is one wife, one man and one woman, that's the best relationship. That's number one. That's number one. Right. Remember that. So we ain't trying to go out and get no whole bunch of other stuff. Right. We ain't, our mind right. ain't, that's, we ain't doing none of that. Well, and when you look at um, other cultures, man married more than one wife. That's fine. That's that's fine. That's that's on them. That's what they do. But when 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 the division or when the counterintelligence program of Jerry Hoover tried to disassemble the nation of Islam, they tried to say that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad had children with teenage secretaries. So Dr. Wesley. He did a, uh, and I'm gonna bring the information back to you. He he did an, uh, some YouTube videos on exactly that. So we'll look at it, and when we come back, we'll be able to answer the question: Were they actual teenagers? Because we want to paint a picture, and they try to paint a picture in our mind that he's with these little girls, and that's not how it was. And in Islam or in our culture. The brothers from the east, they married one, two, three, four wives. I mean, they voluntarily do that. That's what they volunteer to do. Over here, we don't do that. Right. So, and I'll give you another scenario before we go into something else. In an environment where you have 100,000 men, they go off to war. You know, 30,000 come back. Those 30,000 that come back, they have an obligation to take care of the families of the, of the 70,000 that were killed. That was more of the scenario opposed to, you know, this world trying to make it believe it's a bunch of orgies and a whole bunch of, you know, player, player type stuff. That's not the case. So when you, when you look at it from that perspective, if something happens to you, who's going to take care of of your wife and children or they're in an environment where you know it's you know a thousand men 500 get killed 500 come back those 500 already married to somebody all of them married to somebody else but it's 500 widows 500 orphan families who are going to take care of them or do they just don't get help how does that situation work you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. So, I mean, something happens to you, so your wife's like, she can't marry because she, she can't marry nobody else for the rest of her life. She's got to be just her and the boys. No. So nobody can help her. I mean, it's not a, everybody's not going to be living together in one big old house like that. that. It's not that kind of situation. But if something happens to me and my wife get remarried, I think that's a good, that's great. Yeah, me too. I say the same thing with mine, like, yeah. I mean, nobody really wants to talk about no, it. No, absolutely not. And at not. the top of the list, like, you know, somebody, I mean, right. it, it, dep- it depends on your level of maturity and spirituality, how you look at it, there more than anything go. else, there how you, you look at it. 
Right. You know, you could look at anything and be crazy. And us here, man, how many of us are with the same person we were with the first time we had a relationship right. with? Right. How, how many of us? By the time we get married, we've been in at least two, three relationships. Some of us 10, some 20, some 30. So, you know, I'll, yeah, get that, yeah. I'll, I'll get that information because I don't like to speak on things that I don't know about. But there are some people who've done some extensive uh, uh, research on, you know, how old were they, the sisters who married him? You know, why they chose to marry him. I think it's 1998. You know, we did the Savior's Day and the sisters who were wives of the most unobliged Muhammad, they came up and spoke. I want you to take a look at that. I think I think it was 1998. And they talked about, you know, what it was like and how he was a respectable man. How he didn't put themselves on, you know, on him in any kind of way. And that's something that they chose to do. But like you said, I mean... Anytime you have a hundred men, task force, following you around looking for something that you do wrong. Let's say we did us. Forget now. Forget everybody else. If somebody followed us around for years looking for something that we did wrong, how long will it take them to, you know, to follow us before they find out us doing something we probably ain't got no business doing? Right. Not long. It wouldn't take it probably wouldn't take that long. Right. So here it is, they got a hundred man task force listening to every single thing he said. Follow him around all the time, cause a dis- dissension, and sending people in whispering, you know, to try to you know say certain things, do certain things to try to dismantle the nation. Because right now the Black Panther Party ain't the same as it was. Look at all the black organizations; they didn't just fall apart. It was a design and a plan to destroy the black uh, uh, organizations, and these were nonprofit organizations. They didn't have a nonprofit organization, NAACP and you know, SNCC and all these different organizations, you know, where's the power in that? So what is it about the nation that they stand in the test of time? Well, I think it, I think it has to do with truth and lies. If you tell a lie, you got to keep telling lies to keep that lie going. But what you, you, but if you're standing on truth, you can make it no matter what. The nation is built on truth. We're saying the same thing we said, you know, back in the 30s. It's the same thing. Because, it, excuse me, it's the truth. We are the only organization that teaches what we teach. We're still standing on it. Everybody else has been pretty much just basically destroyed. From inside, look at Marcus Garvey. Excuse me, with the excuse me, with the UNIA, United Negro Improvement Agency, or association, you got millions of people getting ready to go go to Africa, in his Black Star Line to go over. You know, he's going back to Africa. Hey, you think they just fell apart? No, they were black infiltrators winning in to help dismantle, and end up locking him up and deporting him. He had millions of people getting ready to go to Africa. He had a Boat. Why did they fall apart? Because our United States government sent infiltrators in to destroy them. Every time somebody stands up to get our people together as a Messiah, as to lead us out of slavery, out of bondage, out of dead mental thinking, they go to work looking for something negative to say about them. They always find somebody that looked like them trying to say something bad about them. We're still going through that now. 
You think everybody in the nation listening on right now is for the nation? We got, we got, you know, believers, disbelievers, and hypocrites, just like any other organization. Everybody's in the nation ain't, you know, for the nation. But a lot of times they come forward and, you know, say, hey, you know, they sent us in, but they want to clean their lives up. So why have we stood the test of time? Man, we are all in the scriptures. We are the divine organization and group that God said will come to get our people. We are that group. We are the ones that God promised Abraham. He said, no for assured to Abraham that your seed will be a stranger in the land for 400 years. And they will, you know, be under a people who will oppress them for 400 years. He said, and then I will come and judge those people. We are in that time right now. We are the only people in the annals of history that have served another people for 400 years under an evil and wicked taskmaster. We are those people. We are the real children of Israel. We are black folks in America. Nobody has ever been in a situation like we are or have been in. So we're standing the test of time because God has to be fair. He said, you know, uh, as thou hast done unto others, so shall it be done unto you. God will be unjust if he let us stay like that forever. What kind of God going to let us stay like that forever? But he said we were going to be oppressed by these people for 400 years. It's been 400 years. We came in 1555, and in 1955, 400 years, Amin Sulis Farrakhan came into the nation. The beneficence that came to save us. And everywhere he goes, all, all over the world. I was waiting on him to get drugged in the documentary. Mm. And he didn't come up at all, did he? Well, there's no reason for him to come up because he had nothing to do with that. Understand? And they would have to defend that with truth. See, we have grown a lot. We study now. So... We have lawyers, we have doctors, we have research assistants in our nation of Islam. So you can't just say anything anymore without us tearing you up or we suing you for libelous and slander. We ready for you now. So we've been drinking milk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can attack a people who won't defend themselves. But, you know, you can't just say anything and get away with it. So this whole Me Too movement, people, very, people are becoming very... Uh, cautious about what they say. They starting to think about stuff. Anytime a white man can be locked up for something and he's a millionaire, billionaire and he got, he got the, all the big time lawyers, he got all the defense stuff and they get, you know, they showing him, you know, walking with a little cane with a couple of little tennis balls on the thing, little walker going into the courtroom like, you know, he gonna barely make it. Anytime, this is how we know the times are changing. There's a time we get white man could do whatever he wanted, whatever. That's just what it was. So here it is, Mr. Harvey Wine thing. Yeah. So why has a nation stood the test of time? We are divine. We are in, we are in the divine scriptures. This was written way before we were born. It's all been written. But we don't know the scriptures like that. Or we'll quote the scriptures, but we won't see ourselves in the scriptures. We'll see Moses and, you know, your Brenner or Charlton Heston you know, over the NRA having all the smoke come down and killing everybody like the coronavirus coming through. They're killing everybody unless they got the big old X red on the door, the blood of the lamb. Well, that is us. We are the 
ones that are in bondage, the children of Israel. We are the ones that have, have the blood of the lamb or the lifestyle of the lamb or the most Elijah Muhammad on our door in our life to protect us from whatever's going on in this world. If we do what we're supposed to do, we'll be immune to everything. But we are learning. We are students. And we ain't going nowhere. Like Minister Farrakhan say, Farrakhan ain't going nowhere. You can't kill Farrakhan. You can't kill Muhammad. We're here to stay. Yeah. At the time, it was a few Muhammads and a few Farrakhans. Now, man, between the chair and the grandchair and the great-great-grandchair, great-great-great-grandchildren, mm-hmm. and all the Muhammads, I mean, man, I wear my Muhammad. I'm proud of it. Some people get ears up. They get a little job. They don't want to be Muhammad no more because of what it brings. But to stand on what you believe in no matter what, that's what Jesus did. But like the scriptures, Jesus was betrayed. He was denied. And people that do that, they'll play like they don't know you, you know. I've said, I mean, I've been around people, and uh, they kind of act a little different when somebody else come around. That's fine. I don't have no problem with that. That's on them. But, you know, I don't care who it is, black, white, or whatever. They be like, hey, brother, tell me, hey, man, what's that? I'm me. But we have to be apologetic, apologetically ourselves. I ain't T. I ain't Tim. I, hey, brother, Tim. <laughs> o T, that was O-T, the a. Baby. <laughs> one letter, one letter. That's it. I'm drinking that milk. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for those questions, man. I mean, I do appreciate it. I really, really do, man. Mm. But it is the principles that we live by more than anything else, opposed to what you call yourself. Yep. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, it was. Uh, Hmm. When we trying to recap, mm-hmm. it was just so much. And mm-hmm. I know you don't like for me to say, <laughs> to talk about the length. <laughs> but we trying to recap and That's we right. on a time limit. Yes, sir. It's so much. Yes, sir. We're just checking we it out. We can't man. get to. Just, so, look, yeah, absolutely. NOI.org. <laughs> check it out. Look at it. Have any questions? If you look at it again. Those questions be more more than likely those questions. If you watch something, if you watch it one time, you have questions. Watch it again. We spend more time on football, basketball, all this other kind of stuff. But when it comes to something that that calls for us, you know, just transforming our minds, it is taxing because it. I mean, it's you got to think, and it takes energy, and we get bored. Our attention span goes off because we've been taught sport and play all of our lives. So it's something serious. We like I ain't we bored like a child. I I have an interpretation, though. Yes, sir. The minister sounds like if there's a quality candidate, mm-hmm. uh oh, that he'd actually vote. <laughs> <laughs> he voted last time. Any time before that, I in listening in, in, to in him, his lectures, he's I mean, he 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 says in listening to him. Yes, I, I, I uh oh, I, I knew got it. Got, that. I, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That look, there's nothing wrong with that. You got you got to vote your conscience. <laughs> and you know he's leaning. I mean, he would you know. I mean, but his he, vote is he, his. He came. He came at who? Some of the politicians. Yes, sir. He he definitely uh. You know. Wants us to 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 be woke. That's right. I, I thought personally he That's was good. he was talking about Bloomberg when mm-hmm. you know somebody going to attempt to 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 buy mm-hmm. our pastors Being off. It, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I mean, uh, he just happened to know it's not because the black voters apparently are critical. Yeah. 
in this election. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone that I have heard, if not directly, indirectly, they've said certain things that, you know, addresses black folks, whether or not it's the little reparations talk or, you know, student loan forgiveness or disparaging sentences in the black and white type thing. You know, if you don't address on that, you're not going to have the conscious black voters. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to get that. So even Trump. Yeah, you know what? It's millions of votes that people did not show up in 2016. Yeah, somebody, they want them votes. So they know if if, if they show up, it could, it could swing either way. Well, I know who's going to be the president. I mean, I do too, but. And you I know. think the minister kind of I mean, hey, tipped us to I mean, who I, he feels. Well, I mean, I can't speak to who, you know, I, I can't speak I'm for just, him. It's but just my interpretation. Yeah, look, there's nothing wrong with that. We free, mostly. <laughs> yeah, so. But it's going to be interesting. So I'm a registered voter. Yeah. So I'm going to give me some stickers. Yeah. Got to vote to get a sticker. So if you're wearing a sticker, then that means... You're found on the you, ground or you, you had you, some extra ones. Well, sure. Let me have your ticker. <laughs> yeah, so... But I would like for... Uh, I would like for us to at least talk to someone from different parties. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to reach out uh, to a few. I've been... Independents. Looking at some signs and figure out my... Anybody. Yeah, just I mean, ask them. Yeah. Just blanket. Yeah, you want to send me, y'all want to send CC me this mess in the mail, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to invite you on. CC all of them and see who responds. Yeah. Or just so, have them make a statement. Yeah. Or do a drop. Yeah. Hey, send us a drop. Democrat, Republican, Independent. I personally don't care. I, I'm not partial. Right. You know, because I know whoever gets in office, that one person, their family is going to, you know, benefit tremendously. I don't know how, I don't know how much it's going to help all the rest of us, but... You know, for the most part. Right. Listen, I think everybody's in I think all politicians ought to at least get minimum wage. That's what I think. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would advocate for that. Like if I ran for the governor or governor, if I ran for the uh, mayor of Dewey, I don't even know if they got a mayor. And I'm like, hey, just give me the minimum wage. That's fine. And I would be on a campaign like, look, all politicians ought to get the minimum wage. Mm. That'll really be a good test to see if you really want to do that. You're a real public servant instead of a public master, you know. So, I've been thinking about that. Nice. I had actually I've been seriously thinking about that, going on the campaign trail, asking the politicians like, "Hey, you should get minimum wage. If this is what you really want to do, you're a public servant. You live like, live like a servant. Yeah. You don't get minimum. What's the minimum wage in Champagne? Uh, I think it might be twelve dollars. Yeah, that's fine. Twelve is good. Eleven, nine yeah. seventy five. That's fine. I think don't minimum wage. For all politicians. You ain't gonna get no raise unless the minimum wage come up. How many people would leave? A bunch. Well, some may stay, you know, but for the most part, hey, all public servants, guess what? You get minimum wage. Oh, minimum wage in Illinois is eight twenty five an hour. Okay. Let's see. Minimum wage in Chicago. Like Fourteen. Uh July 2020 will go to 15. Okay. No, 14 2020, 15 July 2021. Wow. Uh, yep. That's the politician's salary right there. Yes. Yeah, so. That's what you get right there. 
You get 40, whatever the minimum wage is, you get the minimum wage. That's it. That's fair. Minimum wage in champagne. They don't say 1088 or something like that. I don't know. I'm a, you know what? I'm going to find, I'm going to, I'm going to, that, that's been, that's really, that's been on my mind. Just One to, more topic, man. Let's move along. One more topic. Yes, sir. Let's make it quick uh, so we can get on up out of here. We're not going to keep you too much longer. We try to get this done in five to seven minutes. Oh, good. I can, I can head on to the house. So, I guess my question to you. Yes, sir. Come on with it. How serious should we start taking the coronavirus? I'm taking very seriously. Look at this. I'm for the Chinese people. I don't want no problems. I'm wearing my, you know, look at that. Your garb. I'm wearing my garb. But honestly, all viruses are man-made, man. Let's just just put it, it out there. It appears yeah. yeah. There, are, there are no naturally occurring viruses. Like, oh, it's a virus that popped up. No. And the virus is out. Well, there's already an antidote before the virus comes out. That's number one. And there, there are those in key positions, I guess, in higher positions, who can affect change. He's talking about calling the population, killing billions of people. Why? Look at the technology. The technology now. I mean, you don't have to pay nobody no fourteen twenty-five an hour to sweep. You got the Roomba thing. Yeah. I robot Roomba, yeah. You got I robot, you got the Roomba, you don't need to be able on no security. You can look at the everything yourself on your cell phone. You know, you got um my God, I mean, even building houses. They building houses in these com- computers and robots are building houses. They show up. You can have a house built in like ten days, start to finish, maybe twenty days with like eleven people. So when you look at the technology and when you look at the million the billions of people who don't have jobs. We are no longer in the industrialized, you know, era. And the schools were set up, you know, to produce workers in factories. So now that you have robots and you have all this technology, where are these people going to work? So those who are in power to affect change saying, we've got to kill some people. That's happening now. We don't want to believe it. We don't really want to believe that. Oh, man, come on. Think about it. You got... Is it man-made? Yeah. Yeah. So do we take... Do I take it seriously? Yeah, I take it seriously. Just like I take anything else that may affect my health seriously. The water. I'm not going to drink the faucet water. I take that seriously. Even after the boil order. Okay, you could drink it again. They pumping fluoride through the water. Even if, even if the water is good because we have a naturally occurring aquifer that purifies the water through sediments and rocks and stuff like that, it's good water. But the pipes that come through, have you looked at the pipes? Between all the corrosion and all the scale and all the lime and all the minerals and stuff like that, man, we're killing ourselves. That's why, and resources are very important, that's why you have to have the resources to live, have a better quality of life. You live the best you can and live better. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, how, should we take it seriously? Yes, we should take it seriously. Some of the stuff they're asking us to do, stuff we should already be doing. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, wash your damn hands. He's shaking everybody's hand. I'm like, didn't they hear you wipe the hand off? Everybody got wipes and stuff like that. So, of course it's serious. You know, 
Chinatown. Business is down 50% in Chinatown. In Chicago? Yeah. You think that's by design? Because United States, and look, all is fair, they say, in love and war. So do you think the same government who would, man, instrument this Tuskegee Institute and give black men syphilis, our government, or the same people that gave a smallpox to Indians in blankets, like, oh, y'all call here some blankets, and gave them smallpox? Do you think that this same mindset has changed? It's just a question. What would make this mindset change? You see what I'm saying? Can't argue. You know? Hey, the coronavirus been here. It's not new. If somebody posted on the thing that talked about the sanitizer and it also kills the coronavirus like eight, nine years ago, something like that. We don't do research. You look, look up the coronavirus. That thing been here. Now they say, oh, yeah, it's been here, but it's a strand. It came from here. You know? <laughs> And, you know, whenever you start thinking and bringing things out, people think you're paranoid or you're conspiracy. conspiracies. Yeah, like Dr. Umar Johnson. Dr. Umar <laughs> need to broadcast from his, go live from your crib, Dr. Umar, just one time. Don't go to the park. You live in Philly or New Jersey. It's cold and you going to the park to, to scream at your damn phone. <laughs> Talk about... <laughs> Man... You don't like that. You don't like Doctor. You don't like that. That's, no, I do. That's Frederick Douglass. Uh, I do. Uh, Marcus Garvey. He's somebody. Yeah, yeah, he's somebody. Great, great, yeah. great, great, yeah, great yeah, yeah. grandson. He's somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like him, do you? No, he. Uh, he just. He. 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 He's. He's annoying. That's all. He's annoying. <laughs> just think when you go live, man, and you 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 snapping on your That's phone. Funny. Like, <laughs> He's <laughs> he passionate about the black, man. Well, I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just do it from your house one time. He might not want nobody know where he live, man. Come on, there's some crazy we, people out there. We don't have to know where you live. I just want to <laughs> see if, if if you got good backsplash or something, oh you know? Oh, my God. You think he's homeless? Yeah, no, I do. come on. He a doctor. I don't care. Oh wow! I don't think I don't think he he wants the scrutiny of people uh, assessing his living arrangements. Oh come on, man! He just an open organic brother. He come just on, go now. out to the park. Plus, he got the school out there and uh, go live there. Well, the building, we even if it's incomplete, go live yeah. there. Did they ever, they ever work on that? I don't know. I got to take a look at it. He needs... Uh-uh. Be nice. That's our brother. That's our brother? Okay. That's our brother? <laughs> Dr. Umar Johnson. No, nah, shout out Dr. Umar, man. You know. You ever listen to uh, Dr. Boris Watkins? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah he, he, he another one that can, you know, get a little... You know, we come once a week, once every other week. That's your job, though, man. You so, know. so you know, boys and them, they go two, three times a day. They go live. Well, and They do? Sometimes. I am every, you know, just every now and then, not even, man, not even once a week. Not even once a right. month. I might listen to a little yeah. something you know, every now and then. But. And you know what? It's like, boys, get some damn mics. Like, you know, real. you can you could tell you can notice that, that quality. Yeah, like he, he just got a regular iPhone or something. Like, get some mics, man. Like. Could you just imagine listening in your car mm-hmm. to to our podcast without the mics? No, sir. 
You can't. Like yeah, it, the, the, I got the you. experience is just not in Dr. Boyce. Mm. The reason why I can't listen for a long mm. time is because the audio. I didn't even think about that, man. Just go to some of his videos. You just now, on the now, I, now I will. But you, you, you audio visual. You the broadcast thing, so you pick up on that kind of stuff. Yeah, these are good mics. And and I'm and I'm constantly making sure these levels, man. Like, what do you look? What do you look for? In that? I the 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 waveform. Okay. It's like, so let's just say that's a flat line right there. Well, because that one. maybe because it was a pause in speech, so let me pause. Yep, surely that's I, yeah that one right there. I saw yeah, that. That's you. That's you. Wow. Yours. Let me see. Wow. Wow. So sometimes I'll be like, man, make sure you put the mic closer. Wow. To make sure that we getting good. I'm gonna audio. be quiet. Hold on. Yeah. So so we pretty much y'all we done. That's episode sixty five. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Okay, that's my. Okay, you the top one right yeah, there. Yeah, so I got, I, it, got I got us labeled. I got oh, us labeled. yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So the aux is like, let's say I want to plug my phone in, uh-huh. and play, play like yeah. some audio, yeah. and then like all my bombs. Yep, yep. So the only thing I gotta improve on boom. is is maybe getting boom. a uh, boom. Boom. a beat boom. thing. So if I go to bombs, I have to boom. go to bombs, and mm. or if I go to hand claps. Horns. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah, works for us. Yeah, that's good. Maybe get a beat machine and just Look. put it in, <laughs> tap it, you know, and then our effect right here. Ah, uh, okay. Wow, that's good. Yeah, so Maestro, look at that. Yeah, so black coffee, black no sugar, coffee, no, no sugar, no. Cream, so I know baby. you shared it. Hey, y'all, we're on no, Pandora now. Yep, we are. Yep, we made I Pandora. Sh- yep. Shout out Pandora. That's right. That's they, right. they accepted us. We're on, we're on Pandora now, in the so, club. It, so you don't have to have a prescription or a subscription. Like, damn, we sick. <laughs> you don't have to have a <laughs> subscription to listen to us. Just put us in the search, and, pop and, and we pop up. So we're on Pandora, as well Pandora. as some of the others. Just put us in the search engine. Google us. Google I got a quick story to say. Shout yes, out! Sir. I had, I had, I, I go to see Shauna tomorrow. Okay. Uh, last time I went. Uh, I forget what we was talking. We was talking about the podcast and just okay. how we've been cooking this like what four in a week, four in a row now. So, uh, hmm. and so I was like, you know, the podcast is just something special to me, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I think because our voices will be around for thousands of years. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, with That's all these right. different. Outlets yeah. that were on, yes, sir. So wow. she shared a story. Yeah. Uh-huh. She said, "You know, you know, because she said even on our uh, on our show that uh, they do quarter pointed. So if you get mm-hmm, like a DUI, mm-hmm, I have to mm-hmm. go. So I guess a new new quarter pointed client mm-hmm. went. You know, they started. You know, doing uh, appointments or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was like, he. I guess he he came back to her." And was like, you know, I looked you up, I Googled you, you weren't on Facebook, you're not mm-hmm. on any social media, but I did get to listen to you on this cool podcast. Wow. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's, what we, that's why we that's do right. it. That's right, that's why we <laughs> <laughs> That's good, shout out. And that's so good. I said, and so, I, and so uh, you we're know. famous, man. 
said, yeah, give us a famous, listen. Famous, yeah, famous. So That's right. But no, black coffee, no sugar, no black cream. Black coffee, no Man, sugar, brother, no cream. Brother, uh, Savior's Day 2020. Sugar, no cream. It's picking you up. And, yeah, that, and that's yeah. why we got the headphones. Sugar, no cream. Instead of worrying about how we sound, mm-hmm. we can hear each other. Okay, that that's good. That's a good system. Yeah. That's good. So, Doctor Boyce Watkins, if you uh, need somebody to produce, there you go. There you go. Your video, you got him. You know, I know you a doctor. That's right, man. Holler at me. That's right. Get I at it for real. You gonna set him up for real? <laughs> hey, I, hey, you see, we mobile. I see, yeah, this is good, man. I mean, I don't know how all this stuff works, but psh, that's better than two cups in a strain, man. This is good. Yeah. So, black coffee, no sugar, black no coffee, cream. No sugar, no cream. Episode sixty eight. Brother, man, thank you so much for your wisdom and knowledge sharing your man, uh, black experience on for Savior's Day, another Savior's Day in the books. Thank you, sir. I thank you for having me. Oh man, you started this thing for real. I mean, it was so it was organic. You planted some organic seeds. Yeah, so. you did good, man. I'm proud of you. All right, and we famous, man. <laughs> yeah, you can Google us. So, so somebody Googled us, and, and wow. Mm. So, oh, Ash, man, I'm telling you, just yeah. real quick, I you were sharing some of his, his man. I could, I could, man. Look, I'm telling you, just as an ex barber, watch this, <laughs> boom, Ash. I'm telling you, I am just impressed, man. I, he, I don't know who, I don't know who it was, but I'm telling you, it was like this. It was just perfect. It was, it wasn't sprayed, nothing like that. He had none of that uh, enhancements. Yeah, look, that man, black ice or whatever. Watch it's called. this. I don't know what it was, but it was just shout out, man. It was just crisp. We got, we got to get him on. I, I mean, look here. It I was invited him crisp. on, but it was wow. around the time when we was going through our scheduling, where you was out of town. I'm mm-hmm. dealing with things. That so, was us, right? Yeah, that was us. Okay. Big Osh. That's Big Osh. Man, he put, I mean, just, I used to do that. So I'm looking at him like, wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. He, I, he, am, he, I am he's really what you, impressed. He, he's, he's what you call in the contract year, you know. He is, man. What do you charge a cut? Like and 30, 40 uh, bucks a cut? Uh, I don't know. We, we keep, yeah, you know, I don't. Man, you need. Okay. No, no, talk hey, to the people. Listen, man, jack your price up for real. <laughs> when you cutting like that, hey, just let them know. But look, man, from the neck up, it's gonna be forty bucks. You take everything from the neck up, neck up, forty bucks. Yeah. And that that leaves you some room for them to tip. Yeah. I think that'd be. Yeah. Forty bucks. He'd be getting eighty bucks an hour. He deserve it. You, I'm telling you, he in his contract year. He doing it, so man. So basically a contract year, you know, when your contract is up in, like, sports mm-hmm. and you're, you're on your best behavior, mm-hmm. you, you balling mm-hmm. out because mm-hmm. you want them to be like, man, we got to keep this. Yeah, they're going to give him what he asked. Yeah, so. Man, people are, man, I promise you. He in a contract year now, man, so, look, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, that's, I mean, I'm impressed. Yeah. Shout out Ash, man. Yeah. So. He been listening to podcast. Hopefully, he been listening to our podcast. Man, he know you know he been listening. To I, I mean, Hosh, you listen. Yeah, yeah. He's saying some good. About I'm, you. I'm gonna definitely clip Hosh, this Hosh, and send Hosh, it to him. Send it to him. I'm gonna definitely clip this and send it to him. I mean, it's just 
Yeah, yeah. Look, man, you got to get credit where it's due. Yeah. Because <laughs> I am what? And what's his name? The Cabinet King, Antonio Wright. Have you seen his stuff? Yeah. The pain. Man. Anyway, yeah. we should do a segment on just have. I'm going to invite him on. That'd be good. Is that okay? Listen. I'm going to invite him on. I'm going to hit him up tomorrow. Man, bring him on. So I'm going to line up some people, man. That'd be good. And then hit, hit some of the people that I've contacted that haven't got back to me. So That'd I'll be follow good. up. Yeah, bring some entrepreneurs up in here, man. Because yeah. that, that, I mean, entrepreneurs make the city grow, the, 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 everything. Yeah, the we, the we, whole yeah. economy is based on what the entrepreneurs are doing, the business people are doing. That segment, they actually push the envelope. They actually push and you know, cause things to grow and develop. I mean, he is phenomenal. As far as a painter, yeah, he bad. All right, so 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 we shooting for next week again. We shooting for next week, man. All right, this black coffee, no sugar. Black no coffee, cream. no sugar, no cream. And the title I think will be, "Who Needs a Savior More Than Us?" Who needs a savior more than us? I, I like that, brother Ken. Yes, sir. So we're gonna have some saviors on. He's gonna save our beer culture. He's gonna save our paint. And until next time, may peace be unto you and brother, fresh home from Savior's Day. Fresh out of Savior's Day and Take our us original home. language, our Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum. Y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talk. Got no more talk. Peace, y'all. Peace.